Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Draymond grabbed it back to Curry for three. It's up and good. Curry relocated into a triple. Timeout Dallas. The Warriors take a 17-point lead. It's 64 to 47, and they rise as one at Chase Center with 9.29 to go in the third quarter. Ah, the Warriors there, a 10-2 run to begin the third quarter as Golden State up 17 at that point. They go on to push the lead all the way up to 30. They win this one by 25, game one of the Western Conference Finals. 112-87 is the final. John Dickinson inside Chase Center, joined by Whitey Gleason as well here. 888-957-9570. Let's react to this one. Whitey, a lot of questions for the Warriors coming into to this game, and it's it's good to be with you as always. How would the Warriors defend Luka Doncic? Well, they had an answer for Luka Doncic, and the Mavs didn't have much of an answer for anything. The Warriors were putting out there tonight, 28-18 at the end of the first quarter, and this one winds up being all dubs, a statement game once again for Golden State as uh, they improve now to 7-0 and inside Chase Center in the playoffs and a one nothing lead now three wins away from an nba finals wow yeah jd it's great to be out of protocol to be with you i'm trying really hard not to overreact to one game we know going in the warriors had really two things they wanted to do tonight defensively they wanted to avoid fouling they wanted to defend without fouling offensively they wanted to make sure the ball didn't stick they took care of their business and i know if you're the mavs you could say hey we miss, missed some open shots early, and that's just one game, and we came off that rough series. Um, but to me, if the Warriors take care of their business, I don't know where Dallas goes from here. My feeling after this first game, and I know we have a long ways to you know, go, and I know that the Mavs proved against the Suns that you can't you know, judge things by how they go early, but I think the Western Conference Finals were the last round for the Warriors. I don't know how many more answers, how many different things Dallas can try tonight. If the Warriors take care of the ball and take care of their business, I don't know that Dallas has the wherewithal to make this a very competitive series. Well, a couple of things right off the top. I mean, you just look at the Warriors with the seven players in, in double figures. They were led by Stephen Curry's 21. He got off to a slow start shooting the basketball, as did Clay Thompson. But there's Andrew Wiggins, good old trustworthy mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, with 15 first-half points. Uh, he was the, the primary defender on Luka Doncic. The Warriors were not turning the basketball over, which had been a problem, obviously, in the Memphis series, at least at the same rate. 
And while neither team was really shooting the ball effectively, the Warriors were, were getting into the paint, and the Warriors were making life really difficult uh, on the Mavs in, in the early going of this game. As uh, the Warriors, you could tell, wanting to speed up the game with the Mavs trying to slow it down. And uh, Dallas just, yeah, clank, clank, clank early on. A uh, lot of open looks from, from the outside. Missing early. The Warriors mixing the defenses up early. Saw a little zone, saw a little box and one. In addition to the man-to-man, some different looks, some some help on, on the Luka Doncic drives as he would attempt to try and get uh, into the lane and into the mid-range. So the Warriors were, were bringing an extra defender at him, and uh, that was leaving some some players open uh, for the Mavs, but they couldn't hit open shots, and that was the big question coming into this series. Could the you know which team was going to make the open shots from the others? And if the Mavs were going to hang in this series, they were going to have to knock down those shots, and they they didn't do it tonight. And this thing got away from them in a big time way early. Uh, they did make a run to get it to 35-33, but the Warriors closed the first half 19 to 12. Uh, they wind up leading by nine at the end of the first half, and then they jump the Mavs with the 10-2 run in the third quarter, capped by that highlight that we played here to, to open the show. 34-24 Warriors in the third, and it was it was night-night at, at that point. Luka Doncic, by the way, Whitey, minus 30 tonight. I know you're not a big plus-minus, raw one game, you know, <laughs> yeah. small sample size, but he was a minus 30 for all the talk about Luka Doncic being the best player in the series coming into the series subject to change on Friday night Whitey but uh, he is no longer the best player in this series one game seven turnover yes seven turnovers pardon me JD and only four assists for Luka you touched on I think one of the absolute keys to game one the Warriors got to the cup and the Mavs were not able to the Warriors dictated terms pretty much throughout the game at both ends of the floor. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dallas had a run here or there. They had a little run. I think they scored in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, on four straight possessions. And it was offensively like, like okay, they're getting going a little bit. And they gained no ground whatsoever during that period. It was that type of night for the Mavs. I don't know who I feel more sorry for tonight, J.D. The Mavericks, who were humbled and humiliated, or Charles Barkley, who's getting destroyed <laughs> by Warrior fans outside of Chase Center tonight on the TNT broadcast. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Barkley sucks out out yeah, in front of uh, Chase Center a tonight lot. as the TNT crew uh, <laughs> doing the Western Conference Finals uh, post game on the television side of things. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We do have your handyman hero of the game coming up here momentarily, but let's get it tipped off on the phone lines. The people want to talk with us, and we want to hear from you. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. The Xfinity Mobile text line open as well. Uh, we're going to get it started with Andre and Berkeley here right off the top on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Andre? Oh, Andrea. Andrea. That, hey, Andrea. How are you? It says Andre on my sheet here. Andrea, how are you? All right. Let's, uh, who do we, let's go to Jay. Let's get it going with Jay. 888-957-9570. Let's go. Jay, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, Jay. What's up? Doing well. Hey, so this is awesome because not only did the Warriors win this game, but they did it. They did it in a in a fantastic fashion, dominance. And you know what? This is exciting because you know everybody was saying that you know the Mavs were going to come out hard, but they didn't come out hard enough. 
Uh, Friday, I think, you know, they'll, they'll get their kind of, you know, they're getting their feet in the water. They're going to come out, I think, better. Hopefully they'll come out better. But you know what? I think the Warriors are ready. And if they win the second game, there's no doubt this is going to be a, a, a five-game series. Hopefully it doesn't go to six. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate the call, Jay. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game. That's always the goal. You win the first two, and then it puts the pressure on Dallas. Dallas has to win the next two at home. Game three Sunday, game four Tuesday. And so I think that's exactly what the Warriors are looking to do. And it just puts them in position to maybe steal one, hang around in one of those games in Dallas, and then you're right. You come back to chase, and it's 3-1, and you're one game away from from an NBA Finals. We're a long ways away from that, but a, a nice start for the Warriors, leaving the Mavs reeling, I think, going into Game 2. Game two's its own entity, Whitey. I think we both agree on that. Uh, typically, mm-hmm. and I know we'll hear Steve Kerr say this a lot, I think, in the next two days leading up to Game 2, whenever a team blows out another team in Game 1, you know, typically the, there's a tendency to, to sit around and get a little happy, and, and there's going to be a much more desperate, focused, uh, forceful effort from, from the team that gets blown out in Game 1. But uh, I don't think you could ask for, for anything much better than the, the way the Warriors played in this game tonight. J.D., I think we all knew that a potential weakness for the Warriors was Dallas's ability to hunt and go after Steph and Jordan Poole specifically in pick-and-roll situations. We knew that potentially was uh, an area of concern for the Warriors. So it was one of these deals where, okay, game one, let's see you know, who's going who's gonna to get the most traction going with what they want to do. Dallas got no traction whatsoever with that tonight. They got no traction whatsoever. As I said, the Warriors, and as we saw, they dictated terms at both ends of the floor all night long. So maybe that's something Dallas goes to. Again, I'm just trying to find areas where Dallas right now can say, okay, it's just one game. Where do we go game two? Because I'm, I'm leaning to – I felt the same way Jay did. And I know we've learned that again throughout this postseason. You know, you, you, you have to be careful about overreacting to one game. But you look at the Dallas lineup and the roster and compare it to the Warriors and the way they're playing. And I think Dallas, I know it's just one game, but they're in big trouble in this series because they got totally dominated tonight. And Luka looked like uh, he was grabbing his shoulder. He's raked across the face. He was pretty average. So um, the, Dallas really has a, a, a lot to answer for in the next contest. All right, Charlie in New York City is next here on Warrior Wrap-Up with J.D. and Whitey. What's going on, Charlie? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, hey evening, fellas. How you guys doing? Um, just a couple of quick observations. Uh, they started the game really well instead of uh, falling behind early, like in the previous two series, so that was a good sign. Um, their turnovers were minimalized, I guess you could say. They didn't make a lot of dumb mistakes. Um uh, Draymond, we talked about it on Saturday. Can Draymond give us 10 points a game? I don't know what he finished with tonight. I think it was 11, 10, 11 points. Um, and uh, another observation, uh, the game, uh, because it's every uh, – you guys talked about it today, and it's been talked about a lot on this show. Every other day, the series, so obviously the Warriors and all the team, Curry didn't play the fourth quarter. That's a little a little uh, put in the back of your head. He low-stress uh, minutes. And, and no fourth quarter. And I agree with you, Whitey. I just, I just listen. I'm, I'm, I'm a fatalistic type of guy. <laughs> and, and uh, but I, 
you said today, JD. I, you know, uh, Matt picked uh, Mavs and six. I, I really don't see this series going beyond five games. It's only one game, but I just they just mismatched in every position on the court. Anyway, MVP to Wiggs today. Anyway, guys, I'll keep listening. Yeah, appreciate it. And as far as the turnovers go, one thing that's apparent to me is the Mavs are not the Grizzlies. And I think, you know, with what they were able to do to the Suns as that series went on in the conference semifinals, look, they're a very good team. They're capable of winning on on Friday night in this building. I'm not trying to get carried away with it, but but they're just not – as athletic as the Grizzlies are, I think there's just less pressure on the Warriors. The, the Warriors are able to, I think, get away with their usual game and have fewer turnovers come of it against this Dallas team that just doesn't really pressure the basketball the way that the, that the Grizzlies do. As far as Draymond, 10 points for Draymond in this one. And, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, just uh, just huge. And huge early and huge defensively and huge scoring the ball when Clay and Steph got off to slow starts. Just uh, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous performance from uh, number 22. Yeah, Dallas, we know they've had success against the Warriors during the regular season by trapping. Of course, infamously, they, they kept Steph without a field goal attempt in the fourth quarter, one of those games. Tried that a little bit tonight. The Warriors were ready for it. I know one time in particular, you end up with Draymond getting a dunk. And by the way, Charlie's exactly right on Draymond. He had 10 points tonight. He had nine rebounds and three assists. Dallas, they've, they've had a fine year. I just, I'm with you, J.D. You, you, these are not the Grizzlies, and they just top to bottom. The, they've got Luka, and they've got some really nice players but they don't have a lot of guys that scare you. Obviously, again, we saw what they did to the Suns, and they're capable of throwing some things at you and getting the ball out of out of the hands of your guards. That's where they had success with the Suns, and the Suns didn't have an answer for that, surprisingly. The Warriors right now, it's not just one game ahead. In terms of the chess match, the strategy of a series, they're way ahead. That can change quickly, as you said. Each game has its own identity. But one game in, not only do the Warriors have a win, but in terms of the give and take, the back and forth, they're way, way ahead of the Mavericks in that department, too. And so, you know, the Mavericks are feeling that. Let's get to our handyman hero of the game. And our handyman hero of the game is brought to you by Handyman Heroes. And our handyman hero of the game for tonight is going to be Andrew Wiggins for everything that we were just talking about, the 15 first-half points, the defense on Luka Doncic, uh, just uh, the overall effort picked him up full court uh, on a couple of plays. But again, the Warriors needed some scoring early in this one. And Andrew Wiggins, very comfortable, finished with 19 points overall in 35 minutes, but 15 of those in the first half when the Warriors really needed it to, to help build some separation, especially uh, in the first quarter. So Andrew Wiggins tonight going to be our handyman hero of the game. Uh, handyman Heroes, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Uh, mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor. Visit www.handymanhero.es, your handyman hero of the game for tonight's game one as the Warriors beat the Mavs 112-87. to Let's keep it moving on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Amari is next in Vallejo on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Amari. Hey, I just want to say I thought that not only was the Mavs chucking up those threes just huge for the Warriors, but also Steph coming in with those those rebounds. You know, it's just an extra possession. Uh, I feel that we also lacked some free throw line tonight. 18% is just not going to cut it. 
Wiggs had an amazing job, but, I mean, Seth is really out there, you know, getting open, facilitating the ball, and I think he makes an argument for handyman player of the game as well. Ooh. Now he, he, yeah, he, he makes an argument. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the free throws. Steph started two for five tonight at yeah. the free throw line. He finished four for seven, and the Warriors overall 10, 10 for 16. But, yeah, they started two for seven at the free throw line. Uh, but uh, on a night where the Warriors, you, you look at the story of this one, 67.9% the Warriors were from two-point range in this game. So they outscore the Mavs 44-32 in the paint. And you look uh, 14 to 8 advantage in terms of second chance points, but 36 for 53, Whitey, just a tick under 68% from two point range tonight for, for the Warriors. Highly efficient uh, in a yeah. night where they shoot 56% overall. Yeah, the, the Mavericks were so intent on top blocking and keeping the Warriors off the three point line, and the Warriors adjusted. How many times? As you look back in your mind's eye over the game, how many times did you see Jordan Poole with the Euro step, step through, laying it in, right? Because the Warriors were ready for that. By the way, the thing with Wiggins, and I'm with you, he had a marvelous game, but he really had a his first half, J.D., I think that might have been the best half he's had as a Warrior. Overall, his game was he had a really good game. That first half, he was 6-9 from the floor, 3-5, three three-point line. He had 15 points in that first half. For a stretch there, it was almost like Wiggins and Looney and Poole, to a lesser degree, they were carrying the Warriors. So it was really nice to see Wiggins. Charlie mentioned the Warriors got off to a good start. I think it was Charlie mentioned that. Wiggins was a big reason why. He took it personally tonight from the jump. It's me against Luka, and I'm going to show him who Andrew Wiggins is, and he did in that first half, and it was huge. Yeah, and you look at, at the Wiggins-Doncic comp, and Andrew Wiggins winds up with 19, and, and Luka winds up with, with 30 overall. And, and Wiggins, they, they both basically play 35 minutes in this one. I think the Warriors... Warriors would definitely take mm-hmm. that uh, in a big in a big big time way. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Chris in San Leandro is next on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Chris. Man, I love this love for Wiggins. He has definitely been the most solid player for the Warriors this entire playoffs. And I gotta say that I agree with Whitey. Man, like the Mavs have to play absolutely lights out to even be in this series. So tonight showed a lot. And I just got to, I got to show love to the, these layup packages. They're, they're just as beautiful as the threes, man. When Jordan and Steph go to the cup and get there. Oh my God. It's over. All right. Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. And the Warriors really took an advantage. Uh, they took advantage of, of the defense as you were mentioning mm-hmm. there, Whitey, you know, the Warriors, I thought really that it wouldn't, if they were going to double Steph, Steph got rid of it. They kept them all moving, and they looked to attack. They looked to it. It wasn't necessarily looking for threes, although I did think the Warriors took a couple of quick threes early. They were looking to attack inside and and keep the ball moving and and take advantage of a, of a Dallas defense that was off balance. And so when you couple that with with make it, you know, they're missing shots in the other end. The Warriors are putting pressure on that defense. They're really trying to sell out to to get the Warriors off the three-point line and force them to drive. And I thought the, the, the Mavs' defense really was vulnerable to to the slashing and, and vulnerable to cutting as well. I mean, how many times mm-hmm. would somebody take it, make a drive, and the defense, somebody would come to help, and it would leave another Warrior player wide open under the basket. The Warriors make that easy easy pass, and it, and it would be layup city. 
Yeah, it's a great point. I, I know that Steph, after the game on TV, he was saying, we had a couple of things we wanted to do tonight, and we did them. And then Draymond was asked by, I think, Ernie Johnson afterwards, hey, what were the couple things you wanted to do? And he said, maybe you guys can't tell. Maybe you can't tell us, Draymond, but what were they? And Draymond mentioned the two things. He said, two things we really focused on. One, he said, and I mentioned this earlier, not fouling. But the other was what you just said, J.D., not having the ball stick on offense, attacking, moving the ball. That's warrior basketball. But when you think about it and you look at who uh, Dallas has played so far, they really haven't had to defend a team that's done that. And it's just really hard to defend a team. Player movement, ball movement, a saint uh, always tells us, and the Warriors really took advantage of a team tonight that was maybe a little too conscious of the three-point line, and the Warriors tore them up uh, on their way to the basket. All right, Robin is next here on 95.7, the game on Warriors wrap-up. Big win for the Warriors, one nothing series lead in the conference finals. Robin, you're on 95.7, the game. Hey, Robin. Well, you guys stole all the thunder, so I, I feel like I'm just regurgitating what you said. But I do think they did. A, Dallas did a great job at making them shoot, too. They did a great job there. But I just think that that ball was moving just too fast for them, okay? And they couldn't turn. They just, they just, it, they just couldn't keep up. And that the Warriors controlled the pace of the game, okay? And they wore them down. I was very surprised at Luca uh, dribbling into coverage. A lot of them would dribble into coverage. Um, you know, instead of kicking the ball out, it just it was just odd. I, I don't know. You know, it was just odd for when I see a team, you know, play one way against uh, one team and then do something totally different the next. I also like to say um, that moving forward, you know, um, Warrior fans to me sometimes are a little blind because they don't want to criticize Steph and Clay, but they're going to have to shoot better. Tonight, our bench, and, and, and along with our starter, Wiggins, is what kept us in that game. And if I had to vote for a handyman, um, I'm going to go with Wiggins, but I'm going to go with Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole, baby, that first step he got, he put it on him. And and then did you see the body language of Luka at the end? I mean, Luka, actually, they gave up at the end. They just could not keep up and he dropped his shoulders and, and he gave up so that's all i have to say you guys bye-bye Th- thanks robin. thanks robin yeah jo- jordan pool huge eight of 12 overall but seven of eight on twos and he was he was getting into the lane and and, and doing his thing and, and just very very comfortable at, at at filling the gaps in the in the dallas defense whitey yeah, and I think Robin makes an interesting point about Clay specifically because in the first half, you know, the Warriors were up nine, and you know Dallas had to be wondering, how in the world are we only down nine? But one of the reasons was because Clay didn't shoot the ball well. He was 0 for 4 uh, in the he first half. He was a little half, frustrated, it, right? Yeah. He seemed a little yeah. frustrated in the first half like it, like we'd seen it get before, but yeah. the Warriors yeah. were doing enough to where it never reached a tipping point. Right, and his final numbers were pretty good. He didn't shoot the ball well beyond the arc, but overall his final numbers were good. But I wanted to mention one play in particular, J.D. I believe it was Clay's first basket. They were in transition, and it was he and Draymond, two-on-one, whatever it was. And Draymond, I, Draymond probably could have taken the ball to the basket himself, and I'm wondering if it was like, yeah, i got to get Clay going here. And he like, dropped it, and, you know, Draymond's going to make the right play anyway, and it was the right play. And Clay got a layup and got going a little bit. That seemed to get him going, but I just thought that was interesting because you know Draymond's aware of everything out there. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought it was interesting that he realized Clay didn't have a basket yet. Let's get him one here, maybe get him going a little bit. And he did get going a little bit in the second half.
Here's the other thing as far as the the Mavs go. The Mavs want to play a slow-down game. Mm -hmm. The Warriors want to play a faster-paced game. If the Mavs were going to play a slow-down game, they really struggled against the Warriors' half-court defense as well. The, I mean, so, so if you want to yep. play that way, you have to be effective that way. And, and I think it almost, in some ways, plays into the, into the Warriors' strength defensively, being able to be rested and, and set and really hone in on how they want to try and slow Doncic down uh, and and also keep everybody else down because we could talk about the job they did on Doncic, but nobody else really got rolling either. Dinwiddie maybe a little bit. Brunson had 14, but he really had to work for it. Reggie Bullock knocked down three threes, but he was three for ten. Missed a uh, you know he was I think the the primary you know guy that missed the the wide open threes. I mean, him and Brunson, you look at them combined three for 15, but Bullock had three of uh, you know had had three of them on. Uh, three of the makes, all three of the makes. So the Warriors really, really, I thought, in the half court defensively were able to take away a way that the Mavs really want to try and play. Yeah, and and let me just say this about the Mavs, and this is funny. We've talked about this before. You watch a lot of NBA basketball, and sometimes you'll see a team will go to a zone, and then all of a sudden for a period, the other team that's facing a zone, it looks like they've never seen one before. It's the funniest thing. Dallas's zone offense sucks. It's really bad. Sam Van Gundy made the point. He says they never get the ball into the middle, you know, against the zone. They never get the ball to the foul line. He says, I've seen them before. And so how many times did they, they were just casting away? And yeah, okay, those are open shots. But, you know, at some point when you're not making any of them, you have to do something else. So the Warriors have to feel really good about that going forward. They, they didn't handle our zone very well. So that's another thing the Mavs will have to work on because they were pathetic against the Warriors zone defense tonight. Andrea in Berkeley. Uh, Andrea, you're on 95.7 The Game. Thanks thanks for hanging on there after our little snafu at the uh, top of the segment here, Andrea. How, how are you tonight? Let's, I'm great. Uh, we have Mercury retrograde, <laughs> uh, May 10 to June 3rd. So these things, uh, the technology snafus are a little more likely to happen, but it's all good. Uh, great Warriors win. That was awesome. And um, Steph Curry. Um, born um, March 14, 1988, 1.51 p.m., Akron, Ohio. Check this out. Mars is a crucial planet for an athlete, moves energy, assertion, aggression. And Mars is in Pisces now, and it happens once every two years. So he is, like, energized and high energy and strong willpower. And really, uh, timing is everything. I did a podcast about it. I was so happy to see the planets align because he's such a spiritual Pisces, and he's really open, and it was just great. And, you know, you know the stats. I don't have to tell you, but, um, you know, uh, the first double-double of the 2022 season, 21 points, 12 rebounds. I'll tell you, he makes it look easy. Thanks for the call, Andrea. Always appreciate it. Yeah, Steph with the 12 boards tonight. Game high, 12 rebounds, and the Warriors keep doing it on the glass, Whitey. 52-34 dubs on the glass. Collectively, they're getting the job done, rebounding the basketball, and it's been paramount in these last two series. Yeah, and, you know, Andrea took a lot of my thunder there, a lot of the things she said I was going to say, but whatever about Mercury and being in retrograde specifically. But that's another significant <laughs> – and we appreciate, thank you for calling, Andrea. We appreciate it. You know, there, there's been – how many times, J.D., have you and I talked about the starting lineup and who should start and can you start Looney and Draymond? 
And we know that Steve Kerr's had some reluctance in this. I mentioned this because obviously uh, the rebounding is impacted by this. And Kavon Looney and Draymond on the floor at the same time tonight. The Warriors paid no price for that whatsoever. They were very compatible, lack of spacing potentially, whatever it is. It was not an issue. So that was another thing where it's like, all right, let's see. We're doing this. What do you got? And Dallas had nothing. And Kavon Looney had another one of those, my goodness, four for four, eight points for Kavon Looney with the five rebounds, a really solid game for Looney again and the stabilizing impact that, that he was able to have from being in that starting lineup, it just, it just I think, calms everybody down. And it also was talking to Steiny about this a little bit, filling in for Guru today. And it, it almost forces Draymond to be a little bit more aggressive, knowing yeah. that Looney's going to be out there with them at the start. And that's good for Draymond. Yeah, and by the way, I shortchanged Luna. I, I only mentioned his first half numbers. He was overall 5 for 5. Uh, with 10 points and had five rebounds and four assists. But you're right, and that was one of the things we saw in that dreadful game against Memphis, right? It was crystal clear to anybody that, wow, Draymond's probably going to have to look to the basket a little bit more, and he has responded to that challenge. 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and pause here. Alan, Ricky, phone line's open, Xfinity Mobile text line. We'll get to some text messages coming up. We're keeping this bad boy rolling all the way until 11 o'clock. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr. We're going to hear from players downstairs in the press conference room as the Warriors get the jump on the Mavs. They win game one of the Western Conference Finals, 112-87. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ball knocked away. Clay gets it back to Curry. Curry rotates to Wiggins. He's open for three. Got it! Warriors up 12, 49, 37. 
Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Rolling along here inside Chase Center, John Dickinson, joined by Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Warriors get the win over the Mavs, 112-87. Now 7-0 and at Chase in the 2022 playoffs, Whitey. And also seven consecutive conference finals victories for the Warriors mm. going all the way back to 2018. That's right. You may remember the Warriors at one point trailed that series to the Rockets three games to two. Well, they won mm-hmm. the final two games of that series. Then they swept the Blazers in 2019 back in the conference finals now for the first time in three years, and the Warriors with the one nothing advantage. So seven straight conference finals wins going back to when Chris Paul uh, came up hurt and the, the Warriors were down wow. 3-2 and came back and won that series. J.D., speaking of going back, I was remembering today, thinking of this game, I was remembering the the season that we shall not mention, and I remember the Mavs came in, and Luca got into it a little bit on the baseline with Marquise Chris. Do you remember that? There's a little bit of scrape there. <laughs> yeah, and of course, they're teammates now. Then we had uh, last season, not the one we just finished, but the year before that, the Warriors were there in Dallas for those two games right before the Super Bowl, and the Warriors blew them out and won, and Dallas had that really close win in the next game. Kelly Oubre had the Warrior game of his life in one of those games. Anyway, my point is this. I've been thinking for a few years now that we might have the ingredients for a real rivalry brewing here. And, of course, now the if the, we've got the conference finals, there there may be uh, the elements there. However, tonight, Dallas just, just didn't have it. I don't know if they were worn out from that Sun series. It just seemed like everything the Warriors had for them, Dallas had no answers. So this still could be a very entertaining series. Luca to me, as good as he is, he's a really good player. I think you can be really good and still be overrated, and I think in some ways he's overrated just because he's so freaking ball-dominant. Uh, I'm sure he'll play better. He was just absolutely – he was bad tonight, and he looked worn out against the Warriors, and Andrew Wiggins had a lot to do with that. No, I think I think you're, you're spot on with that, and we'll see. The, the Mavs having to play – you know, stay out on the road after the the win on Sunday, and then they they mm-hmm. wind up taking a day, and then and then heading to the Bay Area where they were able to practice yesterday, play the game today, and we'll we'll see uh, what happens on on Friday night uh, as far as adjustments made. But uh, yeah, they they needed to hit some shots for all of the this and that about uh, game plans and what teams are trying to do. The Mavs did have some shots that that they had to hit if they were going to be in this series, and and they didn't hit them. And tonight. You know, you can look at this with how well the Warriors played offensively on the two-point field goal percentage, which you mentioned in the first segment, Whitey. But this was a game where the Warriors were outmade from three, and they won. The Warriors Mm -hmm. only made ten threes tonight. The Mavs hit 11, so not a staggering number. But this is another game where the Warriors win and win in blowout fashion tonight. But, But they were able to do this a couple of times in the last series and when the Warriors are winning when a, a game that they don't really shoot the three ball well, that I think almost in a way counts for two because you know there's going to be a game at some point later on where they win it because of the three ball. And and so yeah. I think that's a very good sign for the Warriors here moving forward. Yeah, 48 threes for the Mavs tonight. They were very stubborn, weren't they? They were just in, insistent upon continuing to chuck those threes uh, 48 three-point attempts, only 11 for him. So I know Jason Kidd said after the game, I was just talking about their zone offense. He said, we knew we were going to see zone, 
and we didn't handle it well, and we're going to have to figure out what to do about that. So, again, Dallas has a lot of things they got to look at uh, in game one and figure out what to do uh, with in game two. Yeah, and, and the three-point line, 11 for 48, 7 for 29 in the first half. So 29 Ugh. of the, the 48 were in the first half, and it was Clank City mm-hmm. for the Mavs in this one. Uh, 888-957-9570. Back to the phones. Uh, let's start uh, running through. Allen in San Francisco's next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Allen. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear, Allen. What's on your mind? Can you hear me? We got you, Alan. Okay. I, I just like to say, um, so going into this series, I was wondering how the Mavericks were going to defend our guards. And they really didn't do a very good job, but we still were one for 11, and, and, and we were still ahead the entire time. And then I, 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 as I watched this further, I'm like, my goodness, like this, this, the stark contrast between them and the Memphis Grizzlies the Memphis Grizzlies are so much more athletic, so much more in your face. We got whatever we wanted. Yeah, we missed a bunch of shots, but we got whatever we wanted. And I think this series is over unless there's some kind of crazy rabbit they pull out of their hat. They do not have the horses. Unless there's, you know, a- aliens come down and replace their players and they become better defenders, they do not have the players to defend us. They are not going to win this series. That's all I have to say. Yeah, appreciate the call, Alan. I, I think the Warriors got away with some uh, some passes that would ordinarily be turnovers and, and, mm-hmm. and against other teams, but because of the basically the athleticism or lack of athleticism that the Mavs have, and they aren't really a ball pressure team either. No, that gives the Warriors a little bit of a. a, a margin of error that that maybe they wouldn't have against another team they certainly wouldn't have it against Memphis who is as good as anybody at ball pressure and and forcing turnovers they're the number one turnover forcing team in the league you couple that with the Warriors and I think what we saw in the last series is somewhat expected maybe not to the level that it got to but this is just a different animal the 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 Mavs for as talented as they are in their own way they are not the Grizzlies from an athletic standpoint from a physicality from a toughness a length standpoint. Right, right. Two things there that I think contribute to the point Alan made, and I think it's a good one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas right now is looking at this and they're a little disappointed that we thought we'd handle their guards a little better. But point one we've made already, the Warriors did a good job of adjusting to the way Dallas was overplaying the three-point line, so they took it to the basket and they had a lot of success that way. But also, we know, J.D., that Dallas had success with Steph during the regular season. But Draymond only played one of the four games, I think. He missed most of the games during the regular season. And we know that Draymond is so important when it comes to freeing up Steph. So his presence there, even though, you know, setting screens for Steph and getting Steph open, just his presence makes it a lot tougher for Dallas to have the success they had in the regular season defensively against Steph Curry. Let's keep it moving. 888-957-9570. Ron and Fremont next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ron. Hey, thanks for having me on. I just have a few quick points. Uh, I was there at uh, Chase Center today, um, and it, it was it was really fun. I, I just want to say, people, put your drinks down, stand up, get loud without the players asking you, um, and kind of reciprocate what they're doing. Uh, but overall, 
successful. They all hit shots, big buckets to keep the momentum going. Uh, there was no lull in the offense, and it was great to see. And just about stars in retrograde, there's nothing in retrograde. The Mavs defense. Have a good one. I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Ron. Ron, coming after Andrea, the sports <laughs> astrologist tonight, Whitey. That's that kind of night. Can I ask you what you thought of the uh, the atmosphere in the crowd tonight? Yeah, I thought it was I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was better at the start. A uh, little bit of a, a crowd that was filling in. I thought at the start because of the six o'clock tip. But the other thing too is typically when you see a six o'clock tip, uh, it's it's a six ten tip. You know, it, it it's ten yeah. after the top of the hour. Seven o'clock tip is seven ten. I know because of TNT and and sometimes I think it is difficult. To, to get the word out. I know the Warriors were trying to get the word out earlier today here on on the station. That game tipped at about 6.03. And so it, it was an earlier tip than even it normally would be for a, a, a game at the top of the hour, in addition to already being an hour earlier, right? So typically yeah, it would be a yeah. 7.10 tip or even a little bit later. This was 6.03, so I think there were people – that that weren't quite in their seats yet at the beginning of the game. I know the Warriors are trying to again keep getting everybody to to be in their seats and ready to roll right at six for for Friday night because it's going to be the same kind of thing. Uh, but I thought the crowd was was into it. I, I think they leveled up to the extent of understanding how close this team is now to doing something really really special. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things that you've said a couple of times, and I think a caller mentioned that I keep coming back to is um, you know nothing against the Mavericks. They, it's to their credit, obviously, that they've gotten to this point. We didn't think they'd be Utah when Luka got hurt and then beating the Suns, my goodness. But these are not the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are really good, and they pose a, a unique set of problems for the Warriors. So um, there's a, a, a temptation to think that each round gets tougher. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, J.D. I know it's just one game. I look at this Dallas lineup, and I just, my goodness, I, I'll be surprised if Dallas – gets into this and makes it uh, much of a series at all. Obviously, it's, it's unlikely they're going to get swept. But uh, as I said earlier, I think the last round for the Warriors was really the Western Conference Finals. I just don't think Dallas anywhere is anywhere near as good nor anywhere as difficult a matchup for the Warriors as Memphis was. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I, look, they, they have the ability. Luka has the ability to, to keep a team in a game at times all by himself. And and the others, you know, they didn't do it in the series against the Suns until Game 7. It was basically those players made a bunch of shots at home and they didn't on mm-hmm. the road until Game mm-hmm. 7, and then that was just a completely different animal. So I, I, I don't think we should be too dismissive of, of the Mavs, at least yet. I mean, if some of those shots are, are going in at a high clip that they were taking and missing early in the game tonight, I think we could have been talking about a, a potential – different outcome or at least a different layout of the way this this game played out but but Luca's got to be better number one and and the rest of those players are going to have to hit shots but here's the other thing the Warriors are now due to, to maybe hit some more shots so maybe it's a game on Friday night where both teams are more offensively efficient but it kind of cancels cancels each other out a little bit yeah and one thing that I think we know is that whatever Dallas has they're going to bring it early on after getting humiliated like that, like they were tonight. Nothing was going their way. So I know Draymond mentioned this after the game, the fact that we're going to be ready for them. We're going to have to absorb a punch because whatever they got in the tank, and you're right. I mean, you have to take these guys seriously. They're going to bring it to bear in the first quarter. So there's every chance that Dallas is going to really come out of the gate strong in that next game. So where's the face of challenge there?
All right, let's get Ricky in Boston, and then we'll hear from Steve Kerr. 888-957-9570. Ricky, you're next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, man, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just want to talk about Clay Thompson and his performance, but real quick on the Dallas Mavericks. I know you guys are talking about it. Yeah, you're right. The Mavericks are in little trouble, and I'm, I won't be surprised if Kidd makes a change, and I mean Bronson especially because Bronson and his style of play and his height is, is hurting them. And I, I want to be surprised if you see it maybe next game or game three possibly that he, you know, he benches Bronson for Dinwiddie because, you know, it's, this is a pro man's game and, you know, Bronson's not Iverson, all right? You know, so I think his style of play hurts them because I think Clay Wiggins and Draymond, even Looney are very good in defense when they clock the paint. So, you know, Bronson likes to, you know, drive it in the hole, do that little, you know, pop-up shot. And he, I just don't see that. I don't see this kind of game for Bronson in this series. But my, my take on Clay, bad first half, like horrible first half. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm watching Clay Thompson play this bad. And then he redeemed himself the third quarter, a little bit of fourth. His defense has been on point. Um, I, I just want to see more consistent, man. I want to see the old Clay. I know, I know it's, it's a lot to ask, but I just want to see that 24, 26 point Clay consistent, man. Because if that's the Clay that we know, if that's the Clay that shows up, you guys are winning the championship. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. I think the consistency is just not going to be there. He there, There's going to be games where he does it, but there's going to be games where it's almost as if he's fighting it. Can the Warriors win the games where it's almost as if he's fighting it? I thought he salvaged a nice game tonight after a mm-hmm. uh, a pretty rough start, Whitey. Yeah, and the, the concerning thing, I agree with you. I think we know that at least for the rest of this year, the rest of this postseason, Clay, there's a good chance he's going to be up. He's going to be down. That's just where he is right now. Maybe a, down the road next year that smooths out. But it does seem, doesn't it, J.D., early on tonight, when he's not shooting well, he's still pressing. That was really bad uh, for stretches during the regular season. It's understandable, I know. And I say that, and people roll their eyes and go, you don't know what he's been through. I know, but still it's a little troubling. When he is struggling with his shot, it seems to really adversely affect his whole game. Nice to see him bounce back and have a nice second half tonight. M Squared in Dublin before we get uh, to Steve Kerr. Hey, M Squared. What's up, Whitey? What's up, J.D.? Um, Big win, big win. Happy, happy over in Dublin tonight. Um, Guys, a couple thoughts. One, I loved the fact that the Warriors, you know, basically were the anti-Dallas tonight. They they didn't force the three, which I've been really, really worried about them throughout the playoffs because it seems like they've just stubbornly forced the three in games that it wasn't happening. And I know that's their game. They're going to go back to it. But tonight, you know, they went to the rack. They, they played the mid-range game, and you know, then they hit them with those, you know, ending kind of that third-quarter dagger three from Steph. A couple of those here and there. They, you know, they started to weave those back in. Um, especially to you guys made a great comment about Clay. Like he tried some stuff in the first half, it didn't work. He started cutting to the basket, and you know, he had a he had a really nice game. You know, why you you touched on the fact that um, you know Dallas isn't as good as Memphis. Um, I think there's absolutely something to do to that. I think the physicality and just the grittiness of Memphis and how they play, their their speed, their energy, their youth, um, they're a tough matchup. I think I think the Warriors played the tougher team in that last round. But I will tell you this. Uh, I wouldn't count Dallas out. I discounted Dallas for the whole playoffs. And boy, have I been wrong because they've been down in series. They've had no Luka for a couple games in a series. Uh, I think they're the type of team that can be down 2-0 and they won't lose their, um, you know, their confidence and still play. The challenge for Dallas is going to be is do they stop stubbornly shooting the three? Because I don't think 
Bullock and Brunson, those guys are bad players, but 48 threes, they are no marksmen. They are not Splash Brothers, and I think that was the wrong path. Kid's going to have to change his course. Outside of that, MVP, Looney and Wiggins, those guys, I can't say enough good things about them, but that's all I got for you guys tonight. I'm out. Appreciate it. M Squared in Dublin checking in. 888-957-9570. Whitey, let, let's go ahead and hear from, from Steve Kerr. Mm -hmm. Uh, as he addressed the media back with the team after missing the, the end of the series against the Grizzlies. So great to have Steve Kerr back, and uh, he shared his thoughts on, on the Warriors' win over the Mavs in Game 1. Like we've been talking about Wiggins for a while now there, but how important was just being able to put him on, on Doncic and have him almost score Doncic in this game? I thought Wiggs was fantastic. You know, Doncic is as difficult a cover as there is in this league, and uh, we just asked Wiggs to you know, to try to hound him and, you know, guard him as, as best as he could, stay in front and uh, try to keep the pressure on him. And he did uh, he did a fantastic job. So Wiggs is just a, a huge part of our defense and our team. I thought he was great offensively as well. So great night for Andrew. Steve, let me, let me make sure I'm reading this right. When's the last time you saw Steph lead a playoff game with 12 rebounds? Ask Raymond. Raymond knows all that stuff. Um, but, you know, Steph's always been a really good rebounder, you know, for a guard, for a guy his size. He's just got a knack for the ball. And uh, he obviously did a great job. There were several where you could see him kind of come over from the weak side because he, he read where the ball was going to go before anybody else did. So he's got a good knack for it. And I thought the rebounding was a, a big factor tonight, you know, 52-34. So we did a, did a good job on the glass. Steve, how did you like the poise and taking care of the ball and just so many guys getting involved in the scoring and rebounding effort? Yeah, it was good. I thought we were in a little bit of a rush early. And once we settled down, the ball started to move a little bit better and we started getting better shots. That's to be expected, though. You know, game one of the conference finals, everybody's amped up. And, and uh, so we just needed to settle in. And, uh, and we did that. You guys uh, threw out a lot of different looks defensively. How important do you think that was in, in limiting Luca? Well, I think you, you can't do the same thing with Doncic every possession. you got to be able to mix it up. He's too good. And so we, we tried to do some of that. You know, one game, it, we, we did a, an excellent job defensively, but we're under no illusion that uh, we've figured anything out. We just played really hard and competed and tried to contest shots. But, you know, there's a good chance those shots start going in next game. So we've just got to stay committed and stay aggressive, play with force, and, and uh, see what happens. You had Wiggins pick up Luca full court several times. Is that just kind of to slowly try to fatigue him? I think it's important to try to make him work. Uh, he's so good. You know, any any great player in the league, you're um, you're just trying to limit the damage that they do. And uh, so I think uh, Wiggs picking him up, trying to make him exert some energy, uh, was was definitely helpful. But you know, other teams have done that plenty, and he's been able to play through that. So. As I said, it's it's one game. We did a good job, but um, we got to turn our focus to uh, to Friday. I know throughout the run, your your shooting has gotten so much attention and how you've won championships. But it always struck was the defense was always pretty consistent. Was this as strong a defensive performance from start to finish game plan as you had this season, at least? It was an excellent defensive night overall you know we had the the second ranked defense in the league this year so we take pride in our defense i think everybody um sort of uh, leans on draymond draymond sets the tone for us and um we had a good defensive night but we can't let our guard down steve there's that play there i think it was the third quarter where steph got trapped in the corner and 
throw that kind of looping overhead pass back to Draymond. Draymond hits him back for the, the three. Um, given all the troubles you guys sometimes have with <laughs> turnovers and, and looping passes, just take me through how you're seeing a play like that develop. What is it, you know, obviously there's the chemistry between Steph and Draymond on that too, but uh, the whole package of it, the maybe the anxiety, but also the, the fun that kind of went with that. Yeah, we work on that play. It's called looping pass. You know, those guys have a, a synergy playing together for a decade. Clay as well. So there's, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of value in that. Draymond has always been uh, sort of the fulcrum of our offense as a passer, screener. He sees the floor so well. He sees those guys working off the ball. He sees the backdoor cuts. So that was an example of, of those guys just uh, knowing each other well and Draymond knowing exactly what what Steph was going to do. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Looney set a pin down for him after that that pass came back out to Draymond. So you you can put Looney in there too. There's a a lot of um, continuity with our team that's important and guys guys read each other well. Steve, you talk about Andrew's defense on Luka, but nobody else in the Mavericks really got going. Um, What was sort of the key to the rest of your defense in when he gave it up, not anybody else getting wide open looks like they spread you out dramatically. I mean, they took 48 threes. It's hard to cover all that ground. So it requires a a ton of effort. And for the most part, that effort was there. You know, we really contested shots well and tried to challenge everything we could. It it was a matter of just playing with a lot of force and, and, um, you know, really bringing the effort. You mentioned uh, defending their three-point shooting. Draymond held them zero of nine from three. What do you, do you think of his defensive performance in particular? Draymond? Yeah, Draymond. As I said, Draymond is the he's the key to our defense. He's our uh, kind of our middle linebacker. And against a team like this that spreads you out, you have to make good rotations and good reads. And uh, so he is one of the best in the, in the world doing that and, you know, kind of uh, getting everybody organized and, and talking. During the regular season, we talked a lot about how an assertive and aggressive Andrew Wiggins is a better, the best version of him for this team. Do you, is there a different spark in his eye maybe before the game or that's kind of telling of, oh, he's just going to absolutely go for it tonight? I just think that Andrew's in a really good groove. You know, he's had an excellent playoff. He's played well every series so far. He's he's comfortable. He's confident. He believes in himself. He believes in in the team and what we're doing. And this is who he is. You know, he's, he's been just really, really consistent at both ends. So I played zero at halftime. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you sense anything was coming? Uh, was there any issues with him offensively in the first half? That, did any of that really matter to you? Or did you just know it was going to come in the second half? Yeah, I just thought both Clay and Steph were in a rush early in the game. And uh, we just needed to slow down and move the ball a little bit better. And, and once we did that, the game started to open up for, for both guys. And uh, that's how the playoffs are. Everybody's so amped up and, you know, you got you to gotta settle in. And it just took, us, took those guys in particular a little bit of time to settle in. Steve, you've talked um, many times in the past about Curry's ability to forget things or to have no conscience or whatever. He has a bad shot, a bad streak, a bad quarter to just completely forget it and move on. Was this kind of an example of that tonight? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the best players all have that knack for turning a bad game into a good one. It's a really difficult thing to do. But when you have that kind of confidence and that kind of experience when, when you've been through everything and you've been through a lot of games where you had a, have a slow start and you're able to find it, you know, you, you, you feel comfortable in that setting. I thought that was the case with Steph. You've said the last couple of days just how much this means to the guys after the last 
two tough years. You missed a few games. Did it feel pretty good to be back on the bench and just in this atmosphere, it, it was loud and much like game six here the other night, but just a pretty great, great atmosphere. Yeah, it was great to be back. Missed being out there with the guys and uh, amazing atmosphere here at Chase. And, um, you know, we're excited to, to keep going. Steve, you shot like 70 plus percent from two. I'm sorry. You shot like 70% inside the arc and, you know, you're getting kind of what you wanted. Is that like your ideal game when they're, when the execution is that high and you can get kind of the look you want inside the paint? My ideal game is to shoot 70% from three, actually. <laughs> um, but we took what the, the defense gave us. They, were, they did a good job taking away a lot of our threes and uh, a lot of our guys made, made those mid-rangers that um, I think you have to make in the playoffs. I just feel like teams are going to take away layups. They're going to they're going to take away threes. If you can step in and, and knock down some 15 footers, I think you, you, you have to be able to do that. Uh, we've, we've been lucky to have, you know, great shooters over the years who, who have been able to knock down that shot, whether, you know, Steph, Clay, Kevin, you know, now Otto is, is, you know, really good mid range shooter. If it's there, that's the shot you got to take. Jordan, obviously, you know, did a ton for you offensively, but you know, this series will probably be about how well he can survive defensively. what did you think of, you know, I guess his overall night, but but particularly on the defensive end. Jordan had a really good night. You know, they were they were definitely attacking him. He got five fouls. I thought he had a couple of tough calls, but he can do better showing his hands. You know, sometimes you get your hands out like this and a player pulls into you. You're the one who gets the call because it just looks like you're reaching. If you can show your hands, uh, then you're more likely to to uh, to not get called for a foul. And I think that's that's something he could probably do better next game. All right, so Steve Kerr there on a number of different topics. We'll go ahead and react to that coming back here, but we are going to pause. Uh, 888-957-9570 if you want to react to what Steve Kerr had to say. We'll uh, continue this thing as we're rolling uh, all the way until 11 o'clock here as I'm at Chase Center, uh, joined by Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors wrap-up. Dubs beat the Mavs 112-87. to You heard it right here on 95.7. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Quick move, goes reverse, missed it. Curry gets the rebound. Curry comes up the other way. Curry driving, gets by Bullock, blasting to the rim, and he scores with a right hand. And a need for speed that time. 43-35. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7 The Game. 
All right, keeping things rolling inside Chase Center, Warriors 112, Mavs 87, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Uh, we'll get back to the phone lines in just a second, Whitey. Uh, but what did you think of what Steve Kerr had to say? We had uh, the full press conference right before we hit the break here at the top of the hour. Anything stand out from the head coach of the Warriors off of this game one victory? Two things. One, he obviously was just so happy and relieved to be back. And I, I think you can make the case the team responded to having him back who knows? There's a lot of things going on. We don't know for sure. But I think the Warriors definitely were better for having Steve Kerr back tonight. And just the fact that he mentioned um, some of the adjustments, specifically the way Dallas did a good job running the Warriors off the three-point line, and yet they did a great job of uh, adjusting to that, shooting 56% from the floor. So, again, that has to do with that chess match, which tonight the Warriors won going away. And real quick, and I, you know, Coach Kerr mentioned uh, Kevon Looney, I, I, I think, the Mavs knew that they were going to have a lot of players to answer for in the Warriors. I don't think they expected they'd have to worry much about Kevon Looney. But tonight, you had uh, Powell and Kleba, their two centers, combined to go two for six, six rebounds, six points. Kevon Looney was five for five for ten points, five rebounds, and four assists. The Dallas Morning News says Kevon Looney could be a problem for the Mavs center. So they have more to worry about after one game than I think uh, they were they were afraid they would. It's only one game, I know, but the Warriors just took care of business across the board at both ends tonight. 888-957-9570, if there is a lineup, change to be made I know we had a caller mention uh, earlier maybe Brunson I don't think Brunson's going anywhere maybe Dinwiddie goes in I think if Dinwiddie went in the Mavs may take Dwight Powell out of the starting lineup what do you what do you I think it's probably still too early for that but but if there was going to be a move to be made I think I think Dinwiddie in and just going smaller might be the move yeah, I think a lot of people had been wondering why Powell has been starting as many games as he had against his sons, but obviously they won the series. So I'm with you. If if that's a move they're going to make as far as a lineup, I think Powell's the most likely guy out. But then do they go hyper small, go even smaller? Um, Bertans, I'm, you know, you could play him some at center, I guess going to be interesting to see where Jason Kidd goes from here. I think you're right, though. If there's a lineup change for the Mavs, it's probably going to be Powell be the guy on the way out. All right, let's uh, keep it moving on the phone lines. Floyd in Pacifica is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Floyd. Yes, hey, guys. Uh, great game tonight. I think this was a coach's win. I think that uh, Steve Kerr and Mike Brown put their heads together and figured out how to make this work. Like, the Warriors' numbers individually were not that good early on, but the, the total effect overwhelmed the other team. And I, I think the other team is getting a lesson in how this is done. I know it's just one game. I know it's game one. We're supposed to win it. But I think that the coaches set out to humiliate the other team and make them think and look at their own shadow. And you've got Doncic grabbing at his shoulder. Uh, all sympathies. I want him healthy. But we, we're in their heads, and they got to figure out how to get us out of there. Thanks for the call, Floyd. Go ahead, Whitey. I agree with that. Let me just try to take Dallas's side of it. I tend to agree with yeah. the caller, and I've made that point. But I think if you're Dallas right now, you're looking at it as, okay, we just had a really tough series against the Suns, and we won the series, but it took a toll on us. We didn't have quite as much rest as the Warriors did. So it's just one game, and it looked bad, but you know what? That was a tough one for us. Two, we missed a ton 
of open shots. We had a, a, an incredible number of open shots early. They didn't go in. And okay, our, you know, we don't have the Splash Brothers tonight. We're more like the Clank kids, but we're not that bad. So we can, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, we can make those shots. We make just a few more of those, and it's a whole, whole different complexion of the game. And I think even Kenny Smith and Shaq talked about the fact that Dallas has been through this before in this postseason. So, yeah, I'm with the caller. I think it looks pretty grim for Dallas, but you look at it from their side of it, you could see how they would say, yeah, that was bad, but it's still whether we lost, you know, by as many as we did or we lost by one. It's still one game. They're supposed to win it. We get things back together. We make a few more of those wide open shots. We can change the complexion of the series in game two. I don't expect that, but if I'm Dallas, that's what I'm banking on. Look, bottom line, if Dallas comes in and beats the Warriors on Friday night, the Warriors are in a little bit of trouble yep. immediately. Yes. I mean, the whole thing yeah. completely flips the other direction. If the Warriors win, regardless of whether it's a blowout or they win by one or they play well or they don't, they eke it out, it's ugly. If the Warriors come out of chase two nights from now and they're up 2 nothing, then all the pressure shifts to the Mavs to have to win both games Sunday and Tuesday as they did in the series against Phoenix in the in the conference semifinals, but the pressure would be on them to win both and then bring it back here for a game five all tied at two apiece because the only other alternative at that point would be, you know, three one or, or the series is over. So you're looking at the gentleman sweep at that point or the sweep sweep at that point, uh, depending upon how, how things play out. So Friday, as is every game in the playoffs, a massive, massive game. Scott in Oakland next year on ninety five seven the game. Hey Scott. Hey, guys, great show, and uh, thanks for all the commentary. Great, great win tonight. Yeah, you guys have been touching on it with respect to what happens between Dallas and Phoenix. If I'm not mistaken, I think all three games that Phoenix won, they won by 15, 20 points or what have you. Dallas won four of the last five and show resiliency. So why is it that everybody who's calling in tonight, as well as to some extent you guys, think that the series is over? Uh, I don't know if, J.D., that's me. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, I don't I don't I, want to put words in your mouth. I know I've been no, saying that. I'm not I, sure that you've been saying that. I don't think the series is over and and look, I don't necessarily think that that the next 3 4 however many games this this series goes is you know, 5 whatever is is going to be easy for the Warriors. But I don't think that Dallas has enough consistently enough to to beat the Warriors in this series. So I don't think it's over in the sense that, oh, 4-0, it's going to be easy, or 4-1, it's going to be easy. I just think that the Warriors have more that they can do on nights where maybe they don't play well and still get a win than the the Mavs do uh, on a night where they don't play well. Yeah, and to Scott's point, and, uh, you know, we'll see, obviously – I didn't think Dallas was going to beat the Suns, but I think the Warriors have the wherewithal to make adjustments that Phoenix couldn't. I mean, and, and Chris Paul, maybe he was hurt, but still, the, the Mavericks did a good job of figuring out, all right, we're going to have to take the ball out of Devin Booker's hands and CP3, uh, we're going to have to put a, lot, a ton of pressure on them. And then the Suns didn't have an answer. All of a sudden, it's like you realize, wow, other than those two guys, they don't have a lot of offensive threats. They didn't get a lot better during the course of the regular season. The Suns didn't, and they were exposed. And I just don't anticipate that type of thing happening to the Warriors. The Warriors right now are clearly a better team than they were during the regular season. The Suns didn't get much better. I give Dallas credit for exposing the Suns in that way, but I don't think you can expose the Warriors the way the Dallas Mavericks expose the Suns. I just don't think 
uh, the Warriors have those same weaknesses under the surface. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Jordan Poole as he met with the media downstairs here uh, inside Chase Center. You um, seemed very devoted to getting to the rim tonight. What was your uh, mindset coming into this game? Was it to get into the paint and attack the teeth of the defense? Yeah, just try to be aggressive and, you know, put them in the rotations. The good thing about the playoffs is that it's a different series now, and now we got to find the patterns and uh, the rhythm that they have defensively, and uh, we were able to execute tonight, but I'm sure they're going to switch things up in game two and just got to find ways to adapt. Andrew picked up Luca full court a bunch tonight. As a as a guy who handles the ball at times, can that does that get annoying over the course of a game if a defender is kind of picking you up, even if they're not trying to steal the ball? Well, I mean, I feel like it depends on your handle personally. I mean, if you don't really trust your handle and you got a pressure in the backcourt and your responsibility is to set up the offense, maybe different. But Wade is a, an amazing defender, and being able to have him pick up Luca ninety four really helps us. Tremendous effort and. Great game by Wiggs. Did it just feel different than the Memphis series, not putting anything down on Dallas, but did just the tempo, the feel of this was, was did you notice the a difference? <laughs> yeah, they're a completely different team. You see different series. And like I said earlier, you uh, got to find ways to adapt. And like I said, I'm sure they'll throw something different in the second game and watch film. And we just got to be ready to have counters for that. Jordan, what does it mean to you guys to see Steph lead you in rebounding and doing all the little things until sometimes until his shot starts falling, just taking charge in other ways? It shows how all of around uh, player he is and especially our PG getting back in there and getting rebounds, being able to push the ball, um, get us into stuff. Tremendous rebounder as it is already. So being able to have him go in there and make plays and get us uh, out on the run uh, helps a lot. What, how did it feel for you tonight to have 19 points after the last three three games against Memphis? You kind of maybe didn't score as much as you liked the, the game in different ways. Yeah, it felt good to me. It felt good. And that there are adjustments. There are going to be games where, you know, you score 30 or you score five or whatever it is. And we have so many talented players. We're really connected as a team that as long as we go out there and we win the game, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And the Warriors are connected. And Jordan Poole really was able to take advantage of, of the defense uh, and get to the basket, and yeah, he's going to have to adjust, I think, in terms of being attacked the way that he was defensively, but I think, you know, so far so good as far as, as Jordan Poole continuing to provide uh, an element that the Warriors really need on the offensive side of the ball uh, to try and stay in attack mode when teams are trying to really take the ball out of others' hands and out of Steph Curry's hands specifically, Whitey. Yeah, I know I've made this point in the past, J.D., but seven guys in double figures tonight, Jordan Poole among them with 19. So seven guys in double figures, and especially the way the Warriors play, that's just a really positive sign. It shows that your offense is clicking because they do tend to have more of a, a, a democratic offense than other teams. So the beauty of that is, yeah, everyone's getting involved. A lot of people playing well, highly efficient. It's just hard to guard a team that's uh, having that kind of success and shooting the ball that well with seven guys scoring in double figures. So that, again, is one of the problems for the um, Mavs going forward. thought it was interesting. Tim Kawakami just asked Jordan Poole one of the things that we've just been talking about. Caller just mentioned, how come everyone's saying the series is over? And and you're right, that's that's premature. 
But Tim Kawakami asked, does this series feel a little different than the Grizzlies series? And Jordan Poole was diplomatic about it. But it's like, yeah, you know, they'll they'll look at film and then we'll see what we'll be ready for in the next game. But I think you could just feel that after this first game. Memphis brought a level of intensity that game one anyway, Dallas just didn't have it. We'll see where it goes from here. Speaking of intensity, J.D., I thought it was interesting that Jordan Poole and the Warriors in the fourth quarter, they were way ahead. They still got into it with the officials a little bit. In fact, to my eye, at one point, Jordan Poole complained, and Draymond came over and, like, snapped at him, like, what are you doing complaining to the officials when we're this far ahead? But we had that ball out of bounds that uh, the Warriors challenged, and and then you had Porter was teed up, but they won the challenge. It was interesting that the Warriors, even though they were way ahead, they did get into it a little bit with the uh, with the officials this evening. All right, 888-957-9570. Jose in Oakland is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jose. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, I uh, just want to get some thoughts out. Uh, man, this, the game one was really great. Um, I didn't really expect a blowout. I thought it was going to be a really close game. But um, I just don't understand why people are, were counting out the Warriors. Like, I'm not sure if you guys seen the statistics. Out of the four teams left, they were like the last one favorite to win the title. Why do you guys think that? If they have this dynasty, they have this dynasty for so long. You know, they got three chips. Why do people still count them out? Because the, the regular season that was not doing that great. What's your guys' take on that? Yeah, thanks for the call, Jose. Go, go ahead, Whitey. I'll let you address that one first. I, I think some people still think the Warriors are just too old and too small. And by the way, how funny is that? I know I've been one of the people that have been saying for weeks, well, you know, the fact that you don't have a center here, uh, at some point that may that may catch up with you in the playoffs. You know, you're not going to have to play uh, eight now, and uh, um, so you don't have to worry about it. We'll see going forward if you win this series, you have to play. You don't have to worry. Dallas doesn't have a center. So I think that's part of it. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's just people think this Warrior team is a, a, a little past their prime. I, I, I don't know that there are that many people that aren't giving the Warriors a serious chance to win the championship, J.D. I don't know who those people I, are. I, I think at this point they're the favorite. I mean, yeah. d- really. And, and I think yeah. that some of it is that there's a belief that there's a level that the Warriors haven't played at yet that they can still reach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, almost that they haven't played their best basketball I think the other part is, look, the Suns got beat. And, and I know we've spent the last couple of days on this station, oh, Dallas, and and you know, look at what they did to the Suns, and they're better than this and that. They're not better than Memphis. They're not. Like, flat nope. out, they're not. And they're not They're not better than Phoenix, to be honest. I mean, they won, and they, and they deserved to win, and they earned that win. But as far as, you know, let's not get carried away thinking – Thinking that Dallas somehow is a is a better team than Phoenix just because they they won that series or a more difficult matchup than maybe Phoenix would have been uh, if the Warriors had faced them is probably a a better way of putting it. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And I, if I were a Dallas fan, you know, it'd drive me crazy. Like you got to give them credit, and both things can be true. You can give them credit, sure. but um, you just look at again, and they're, they're going to be a better team than they were. Um, you know, tonight, but you just look at the at the lineup and, and, and they're just overmatched at so many positions here against the Warriors, including, I think, the coaching department. Yeah, and, and I don't think the series is necessarily over. We'll see what happens as far as Friday night and when the series shifts to Dallas, it's not going to be over even if the Warriors win by 30 on Friday night, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. But sure. But I think ultimately the Warriors are, are just the, 
the, the better team here. So let, let's keep it rolling. 888-957-9570. A lot of people want to talk. Uh, phone, li- phone lines, excuse me, continue to be lit. Trevor and San Pablo is next. Uh, uh, you're on 95.7 The Game. San Pablo or San Carlos? Uh, it says San Paulo, but are, but if you're in San Carlos, uh, okay. I, I, we appreciate it. No, are you in San, San Carlos, Carlos, Trevor? I, I'm in San Carlos. Well, the Trevor in San Carlos, it is. I, we had a mistake on the screen here. That'll work. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> I was at the game with some buddies, and the rebounds were out of this world, man. 12 from Steph, 6 from, from Wiggins, or 5 from Wiggins, 5 from Looney is plenty, but... 12 from Seth was plenty to get us going. That's it. Appreciate it. Uh, Roberto and Hayward next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Roberto. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Just uh, want to call, chime in, and sit there and uh, let uh, a lot of these Bay Area uh, callers uh, that I've listened to throughout, not just this show, but other shows, you know, have said, uh, you know, I'm not sure about Luca. You know, Luca's going to be a monster, but to be honest, it's like we've already gone through LeBron in his prime. Uh, we sat there and went through Joker this year. Uh, also, Ja Moran, the Grizzlies, they're really tough. They're definitely not tougher uh, than – I mean, the Mavericks aren't tougher than the Grizzlies. So I just feel like the Warriors have been battle-tested this year, and it's only going to get uh, easier regarding the uh, amount of competition until they at least they get into the uh, finals, which – depending on, you know, who beats up who or who's healthy enough, you know, whether it's just Jimmy Butler by himself or whether it's going to be Jason Tatum, I think that uh, a lot of these Warrior fans uh, just need to sit there and, like, understand that these Warriors are barely gelling right now in these playoffs because they haven't had a lot of time together throughout the regular season. So it's only going to get better, like you guys are saying. And uh, I hope that uh, we're all just ready for the ride and enjoy it. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Yep, appreciate the call. And as far as the the East series goes, I thought last night Whitey was a good night for the Warriors as well because I don't Mm -hmm. think Miami, to me, looks like if they do beat Boston, and I I still think Boston wins that series. I picked Boston going in. But it looks like Miami is on the brink of physically breaking down in a number of different areas. I know Kyle Lowry's already out. Uh, they've, they've got a couple of other players. P.J. Tucker's hobbling around on one leg. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler looks like he could go at any moment. Uh, playing terrific basketball, but it, it looks like that's a team that may not have a lot left if they are able to win this series once they get to a finals, which would only benefit the Warriors. Yeah, but, you know, I, I agree with you across the board there. I'm with you on Boston, and if you're Boston, you have the same philosophy that uh, Dallas has after this game, right? It's like, it was on the road, it's one game. We will still be fine. One thing about Luca, and I don't want to pile on Luca because Luca is a really unique player and he's a really good player. I still think he's a little bit overrated. And I, I, I think you can be really good and still be overrated. Before the game, uh, Reggie Miller said, you could make the case that Luca is the best player still playing in these playoffs. And I thought, hmm, the fact that he didn't say he was, but that you could make the case tells me, Reggie Miller doesn't think that's true. I mean, I guess you could make the case, but I just think a guy, Luca has to do so much for them. And, uh, you know, and he doesn't shoot especially well. And they, he has to work so hard. The Warriors worked him tonight. Not a great defender. Luca and this Dallas team, 
I I just think the Warriors have to be huge favorites in this series. Again, I'm not piling on Luka. I hope he's healthy. If I'm a Dallas fan, I'm a little concerned the way he keeps grabbing his shoulder. I know that's been an ongoing thing for him because if he's hobbled at all, they got no chance. Um, but I just I think it's going to be tough for the Mavs. Well, maybe they'll surprise me, come out firing, hitting a lot of shots in the next game. But I think they're really up against it in this series because they just uh, stem to stern. They just they don't have the strength and numbers that the Warriors have. Looking a lot of the chatter coming into this series, and I I fell into it uh, because I was asked the question, you know, who's who's the, the best player coming into the series, or who's playing the best among everybody coming into the series, and. I said, hey, Luca, right now, Luca. You look at mm-hmm. the series that he just had and the playoffs that he's had, it's Luca. But the one thing that, that I was very careful with, and, I, and, I, and it's part of the reason why I don't like having those conversations, is because it can change very quickly with one game. And I know I joked with you in the last hour, you know, if Luka Doncic is the best player in the series coming into the series, well, all it takes is one bad game from him and one good game from somebody else. Then he's not the best player in the series anymore. And mm-hmm. so like, it's it's constantly changing and evolving. So who cares if for the last three days we've been talking about Luka being the best player in the series. They actually started the series tonight, and he was not the best player. In fact, you could make a case he was the worst player on the floor tonight at a minus 30. So it's like yeah. you get into these, well, who's the best? Well, okay, that was fun, but now that they're actually playing the games, it ain't him. Now, he may go on and have five awesome games between now and the end of the series, and he may be the best player in the series, but right now, one game in, it ain't him. Right. That was one of the absolute keys to the series and still will be going forward. Can Luka dominate the Warriors' guards, Poole and Curry? They aren't great defensively, and I know Curry had a really good year defensively. Uh, or can the Warriors hound Luka and wear him down? And that's what Wiggins did, you know, from the jump. So round one resoundingly went to the Warriors, and I think that's that's huge. I, I don't think that's something that's necessarily easy for uh, Dallas to counter in the next game, although you know they're certainly going to try. All right, 888-957-9570, Luke Mann in Fairfield. What's going on, Luke Mann? How you doing? Well, man, what's on what your mind? What a win, fellas. What a win. Great uh, win. Thanks for the call. Like, you got anything else for us? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I thought I didn't know if you guys were going to respond. Um, just want to say um, the energy in the building was lit. Um, I wish everyone showed up at 6, but it's okay because we still brung the noise. Um, Wiggins picking up Luca for 94 feet really bothered him. Only two points in the second half. Just him on his hip. He didn't like it. We got to keep throwing it at him, but can't do it every single quarter. We got to know when to pepper it in like a nice pasta. I hope you guys have a great night. Appreciate the hey, call, JD. Luke yeah, I, yeah, go ahead, Whitey. I was just going to say, Luke, man, that was almost like Clay Thompson tonight because Clay started slowly, you know, struggled. Luke, man, struggled out of the gates, but then he had a really yeah. good second half. The second half of that call was very solid. So nicely, nicely done, Luke, man, and Fairfield. Appreciate it. All right, let's get Filmo Mike in here before we before we take our final break of the night uh, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Filmo? Filmo. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, JD? What's up, Whitey, man? I ain't gonna call you Blackie tonight. We ain't gonna do that tonight. We ain't gonna do this till we <laughs> win that championship. We ain't gonna be Blackie Gleason. But listen, All right. great win tonight. Great win tonight, Whitey. We can't get ahead of ourselves. I said it. 
hey, I was lucky enough to be the flex moment of the day. I, I told him, I'm like, why are we scared of, like, who keep building up this hype? The whole national media disrespecting the Warriors, disrespecting Steph Curry. It was no, it, nobody disagreed. Yeah, Steph Curry's the third best player going into the series. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Warriors are going to lose to the Mavs. Yeah, uh, okay. Come on, man. We played a great game. We can't get ahead of ourselves because next game is going to be a whole nother game. And you know how the Warriors can get. They can get lax of days ago. But if we stay focused and we crush them within the first the, the first quarter, it's going to be it's going to be a crazy game. Shout out to Looney for getting that Long Beach MVP and for getting the first 20 minutes of the game MVP. Shout out to Looney. Appreciate it. Thanks, Filmo. 888-957-9570. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Andrew Wiggins, and uh, we'll uh, put a cap on this one. Warriors get the win over the Mavs, 112-87. You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game. Cool. Drifting right behind the back to Looney. Looney dribbles in, takes oh. a jumper with one on the clock. He hit it. A 20-footer for Looney. He just buried it like he does it every day of the week. Sounds like UCLA Looney right there. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, don't sleep on Kevon Looney's outside shot, right, Whitey? <laughs> I mean, we've, we've seen the uh, Kevon Looney high school senior year mixtape. At least I have. I don't know you have. Our, mm-hmm. our buddy Alan Stiles threw that one at me couple of weeks ago and uh yeah Kevon Looney uh that high school mixtape looked looking a little like Kevin Durant he had he had uh, some offensive prowess back in the day he had guard skills right definitely showed him and it was so confident tonight I got I hate to say that I hate to go here Filmo's my guy uh, as you know but Filmo said that Looney was the MVP of the first 20 minutes of the game I think it's got to be Wiggins. It was Wiggins. As good as, it was Wiggins. Yeah, I think I think it was uh, Wiggs tonight uh, because he did it at both ends of the floor. He no, he did it at both ends of the floor, and he provided offense when the when the Warriors really needed it. Uh, by the way, the Warriors, Whitey, now twenty one and two in game ones of a playoff series in the Steve Kerr era. So going back to two thousand and fifteen. This is the 23rd series, and so the 23rd game one, and the Warriors are 21-2 and two in game ones, the only two they lost. The 16 Western Conference Finals, Oklahoma City went into Oracle and won game one, and the 2019 NBA Finals where the Warriors lost game one at Toronto. So 21-2 and two in game ones. Uh, the Warriors also with their 13th straight home win in a game one since that game that uh, I mentioned back in May of 2016. So Warriors playing from ahead and doing it well in the Steve Kerr era in the playoffs. How much more fun is this for you? And I ask you, because I think in some ways you would speak for many Warrior fans. You covered so many playoff games and finals games and championships. Then we had, you know, those two years, the first year at Chase, you and I were there, you know, a terrible year. And then the pandemic on top of that last year is like, oh, something's missing. They're almost good, but you couldn't get out of the plan. And now here they are back knocking on the door of another finals appearance. How what has this year been like for you, J.D., to be covering that? 
Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. I, I think there ha- was a surprise component to it. I mean, I, I wasn't sure going into the year, are the Warriors going to be a, a six seed? I thought they were clear of the play-in tournament, but are they going to be a six seed? Are they going to be a top four seed? They get off to the 18-2 and two start, and really from that moment, it was, I think this team can actually contend and win the championship. When you start to look around the league and, and look at the competition level with some, some other teams, and then they push it all the way to, what, at 41 and 13, 20 games over, or 28 games over 500, and you're just thinking if they can get everybody healthy at the same time, they got a shot. And so to watch it evolve and then look like maybe they weren't going to get all the pieces together at the same time and healthy but then they do but then they haven't really played together at all so they're trying to pull it together on the fly I think that the draw has worked out to their advantage Denver in the first round uh, Memphis getting through them Mm -hmm. in some ways with the upset that Dallas uh, was able to complete against Phoenix I think in some ways now playing Dallas after playing Memphis feels like it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air to to you know, and, and again, no disrespect mm-hmm. to Dallas. I still think they're a formidable opponent. But in terms of the physicality and the length and the defense and the just in-your-face nature of the way that they play, I think after going through the Grizzlies, the, the, the Mavs are kind of a walk in the park by comparison. Yeah, it, it, one game in, it certainly looks that way. I agree. Real quick, just, just one stylistically, thing I think it's important just to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just Memphis poses more threats. You know, there's just more to concern yourself with as wonderful as Luka is. But you look at the four teams left um, and they all are dramatically improved in some way from what they were at some point during the regular season. And, you know, that's that's I've been thinking about this because I've been trying to figure out as a lot of people have what happened to the Suns and the Suns, for whatever reason, they just weren't able to find that next gear as great as they were during the regular year. They got to a point where it's like, we're not getting any better. They basically brought back the same crew from a year before. So I think that's what happened. But the Warriors, of course, with Clay coming back are a different team and a better team and Draymond coming back than they were earlier in the year. Uh, Dallas and Boston specifically, we know that about the turn of the calendar year, all of a sudden it's like, wow, they just figured things out defensively and they were different teams. And then Miami, I think it's taken uh, as long maybe as the postseason before their defense has really come to the fore. And they're a top defensive team in the postseason and Jimmy Butler has elevated his game. So just, you know, as we try to predict things, especially when we're sitting there, you know, in October trying to figure out who's going to be in the finals, they're just teams are going to improve and evolve in ways that are hard to anticipate. But the Warriors, for the Warriors, it's been the way they hoped it would happen. Let's get Clay back. All right, Draymond's hurt. Let's get him back. Maybe the young players will be improving. And maybe by the time the playoffs start, we'll all be ready to go. And boom, they are. And so far, so good. All right, let's get Derek and Hayward uh, on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Hey, Derek. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Just got off work, but um, uh, I wanted to uh, remark on the whole "is the series over?" question. I mean, that's it's just sort of ridiculous. I mean, <clears throat> the NBA for kind of loud. No series is over until it's over. Uh, do we have confidence? Of course, we got confidence. Uh, you know, we, we got we got depth on our roster that Dallas just doesn't have, and and we've got. I mean, let's not forget we got the Splash Brothers. We got all you know, all these characters going for us. Um, but at the same time. There was a game in this last series. We were down by 55 points to Memphis. 
I didn't think that happened in the NBA anymore. That's like some high school, middle school stuff right there. So is it over? No. I, I mean, we could, we could, we could flop and we could just not play our best ball, but I don't think that'll happen. Of course. But I mean, I'm just saying for anybody that's going to say that the series is over, that's, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a little premature there, but um, we do got the confidence. I wouldn't say we got the same confidence that we did uh, those years back. I think it was, uh, there was three seasons. We went like 207 and 39 that year. I would have probably said, hey, you know what? The series is over. We don't have that same confidence. However, we are gelling at the perfect time. I feel like it never really works out that way, but it's working out for us right now, and things are looking up, and I like it. Thanks for the call, Derek. And I want to be clear, Whitey, as I, I often will will you know double down. I'm not saying the series is over, and I don't even think we really asked the question. Maybe we can go to the giant. Know, Whitey, you are the stickler <laughs> of all things. Uh, you, you are the, the, the stickler and, and, and the keeper of record on this show. Uh, so I, I almost I go to you almost as, as the, the judge on matters like this. Uh, I don't think we asked the question, is the series over even? <laughs> no, we, we didn't. And again, I will, I will take the brunt of this because I have been, I think, more of the mind that, wow, it's going to be tough for Dallas to be competitive. So I, and that's more been me than you, although I, we agree that, wow, you know, this was a tough start for the Mavs. But no, we, we, that wasn't something we threw out there. I will say to Derek's point, and he said it more eloquently than I did just before he came on, but yeah, that's one of the amazing things about the Warriors right now. And who knows where this series goes and what happens after that. But it does look like almost magically everything they had planned is coming together at just the right time of year. There were so many moving parts before the playoffs started, right? And here they are where, wow, things are looking uh, really solidly, even though tonight, you made this point, J.D., they win and they win big, even though, let's face it, Clay and Steph didn't have very good shooting nights. No, there was a point where they were both uh, combined one for 11, and I think the Warriors were up five at that point in which they were combined one for 11. And they wound up both, you know, having decent games, bounce back as the game went on. But yeah, they they really, you know, didn't have games along the lines of games that I think they will have as this series moves forward. And I, and I'm just going to say this before we get to 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 Bruce and, and Berkeley. I'm not declaring this series is not over before a game is played in Dallas. So the earliest I'm going to declare the series over, Whitey, is Sunday night post game after they play a game in big D. Mm, okay. I think I'm on with you Friday. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll see how things look at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the Warriors could win yeah. by 30 on Tuesday. I'm not coming on. I, I'm sorry. They could win by 30 on Friday. I'm not coming on at that point and saying mm-hmm. that the series is over. I'm not. You're not. I may. I'm going to reserve that you right. May. We'll see. You yeah. may, and we'll, I know you yeah. will be back with me on Friday post game. And yeah. I know we got this. We got yeah. the show before I fly to Dallas on Saturday, and and I think we're doing pregame together on Sunday. We got a good run here, so there may be a right. lot of you getting a chance to <laughs> to declare the series over far before I do. But uh, yeah, I'm not. We're going to play that game in Dallas on Sunday night at six Pacific. And that game's going to have to be complete before I'm even considering the, the series being over. Bruce and Berkeley on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Bruce. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment. You know, it was, um, it was nice at the, in the second half to sit back and, and relax and, and watch a game in a kind of fun way. But, you know, at the beginning of the game, this is the Western Conference Finals, coming off such a tough series against the Grizzlies. You know, 
you got to be amped in that first quarter. I got to say, I'm watching that game, and my living room is noisier than Chase Center. You know, I got defense getting chanted in my living room, and I'm not hearing anything out of the fans. Like, that first quarter was incredibly disappointing. I mean, they amped up a look, they amped up later when the offense got rolling. But, you know, what's the matter there? You've, they, they've got to get into that game uh, from the get-go. It's the Western Conference Finals. And if the Warriors do get past, uh, you know, um, if the Warriors do get past Dallas, which, you know, just given the way that flow of the game is, it looks like I think they will. I don't want to, you know, count my horses till they come in. But, you know, look at the East. You know, in the Eastern Conference, it looks like a different NBA. That's going to get real serious. So, you know, maybe you guys can comment on it. I've never been to Chase Center, but that was a little disappointing for me. Yeah, look, it, it was – I said – we talked about it earlier. It was a late-arriving crowd, uh, and you know, the 6 o'clock, and, and again, we talked about the difference between, hey, they're tipping this thing at 6.03 versus even 6.10 can make a significant difference. I do think the tendency has been for this crowd to wait for the show – uh, in some of these games to start, and I think that does lean toward what Bruce was talking about in terms of the offense gets going, starts putting on a show, they get a, a little bit more into it. I, I don't think that it's been nearly as bad as some have made it out to be. Like that's and mm-hmm. I, and and I've been I was at forty of forty one. Uh, I know Oracle. I think at times, you know, there's a little bit of revisionist history. I think at times, especially with the way things were toward the end, to to glorify uh, you know what Oracle was in comparison to what Chase has been. I think there are some that are just always going to hold Oracle, uh, you know, fonder than maybe it was at the end, uh, because I I think Oracle at the end is pretty comparable to what Chase has been at the at the beginning, and I think there's been times where Chase has been awesome in in this postseason. Uh, I think Game 6, Chase was awesome. Uh, I think Game 2 against Denver was awesome. I thought Game 5 against Denver down the stretch, once the Warriors had a chance to win uh, the game after it was a pretty ugly game, was was awesome. I'm not as down on the crowds as others have been, but I do think, I do think there's a, a nostalgia by which Oracle is spoken about that... I don't want to call it overrated because Oracle was tremendous and, and there were some all-time great crowds in, in that building. Uh, but I think toward the end, it really wasn't much different than what we've seen in the first couple of years at Chase, but it doesn't really typically get spoken of as such. Yeah, I obviously I wasn't with you this evening, but I know I, I think from from the get-go, Chase has been pretty – I'm not going to say it's been what you know Oracle was in the heyday. I wouldn't compare that at all. But I think, uh, I excuse me. I think Chase has been pretty good, pretty solid, pretty loud. I do think a lot of it has to do with the expectations, and I think this comes into play when you talk about the last few years in Roracle as well. Is just you know, fans, it's different. It's like, hey, this is it. This is a team we believe in. This team, can we do it? As opposed to, well, we should be in the finals. It just, it's a whole different um, feel. And I, I, I. I I wonder, too, where all of the complaints come from. I will say this, speaking of the East, the caller, um, Bruce mentioned the East. I was watching that game one, the Miami and Boston game. My wife was saying, is there anybody there? Why are they so quiet? You know, in Miami, they tend to be, I think, a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. But for night, tonight also, 
Uh, as you said, it's like a double early start time. So 6 o'clock start time, it's like 6.03 start time. So that was a factor as well. But I'm with you. I think uh, I think Chase gets kind of um, unfairly uh, unfairly colored as, a, as a being too quiet sometimes. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. So I, I think, you know, we'll see. Uh, game two is, a, is another opportunity for the, the fans to, to really, you know, let after it, and, and we'll see how things shake out, and who knows. I mean, look, the bottom line is the Warriors haven't lost a game in this building in the playoffs now in, in seven playoff games. So 7-0, and oh, they and the Heat uh, are the only team to this point. They're the only yeah. teams that are unbeaten uh, at home uh, in the playoffs. So we'll see if uh, that continues here. Uh, let, let's uh, get a couple of minutes here quickly of uh, Clay Thompson post game, and then we'll call it a night on that. Uh, Clay talking about the Warriors' win, his slow start, bouncing back, and uh, everything that Andrew Wiggins has meant to this team as well. Uh, here's a few minutes of Clay before we wrap things up. Clay, uh, you guys had a lot of success inside the arc. Uh, how intentional were you tonight about getting the mid-range to get into the rim? Um, I don't think we were necessarily intentional. I think it just kind of happens because uh, teams just going to run us off the three-point line. And this time of year, Steve always harps on it. That mid-range jump is going to be there. Andrew, Steph, and I, and JP, it was uh, really working for us tonight. And didn't shoot a great percentage from three, but we knocked enough down to win big. Clay, how would you sort of uh, convey the way you guys played defensively? Obviously, it started with... Wiggins on Luca, but beyond that, it seems like none of their players uh, were able to get going and really get many open shots. What, what sort of keyed that for you guys? I think our length and um, started with Andrew. He was moving them puppies tonight. And then, you know, I still take pride in my defense, no matter what people say, if I lost or not, I still think I'm a very good defender. And then Steph's in the lanes, obviously Draymond, we can count on him every night on that side of the ball. But uh, I just think our ball pressure and our help defense was spectacular tonight. And if we want to Take care of business Friday. We'll need a similar effort. Plenty of the uh, pre-series talk was, you know, the fact that you guys might not have anyone that could guard Luca. I mean, you seemed a little frustrated there with just maybe the where you think your reputation is defensively. I guess how much did you follow that, and, and is there a frustration level about that? I don't follow that. And Luca is obviously one of the best players in the world. It didn't help. They played two days ago. That emotional high of winning the game seven. So we expect them to come back with a much better effort on Friday. It's just one game and. We can feel good now, but this team was down 2-0 and won the series last round. So I don't really pay attention to the noise. I know what I'm capable of. I know what my teammates are capable of. And I knew we were able to do this tonight. Just took was going to take a lot of focus and uh, trusting each other. What changed for you offensively in the second half? I think a couple cuts to the rim. I got a transition bucket, and that always feels good when you open up the lid and I'm glad I had an efficient night. I never feel good when I go home and I shoot inefficiently. So I was very happy with my shooting performance tonight. You know, didn't have a field goal in the first half, but that will never discourage me. I was all, all I will always hunt my shot. Clay, you were obviously with pre-injury, you were um, considered one of the top defenders in the league. And Anthony just asked you a question about defense. We all know that the shooting gets most of the, the praise for you, but are you still, are you trying to get back to that level defensively? Is that something that you have strived to do coming back from that injury? Absolutely. I'm trying. It's hard. I mean, marking the best player every night for 40 minutes is not easy and going to get buckets on the other end, but it's something I love to do. All the best two guards in the, to ever play the game, play both sides of the ball, whether it was Mike, Kobe, D Wade, guys I really idolized as a kid. They all competed on that side. So I just try to follow the same mold.
Hey, Clay. Um, as you guys were watching game seven together, how much emphasis was placed on like, all right, the key to us winning this series is on the defensive end. And like, what did Wiggins say? Or what did you guys say to Wiggins during, as you guys watched that game together? I don't think we said anything to Andrew. I think we just expect him to play hard every night. And he uh, he just doesn't seem to get tired. Luka got some good looks tonight, but I thought he did a great job on him. And great ones always bounce back. So we expect him to have a better effort on Friday as well as their whole team. But we are going to still stay hungry and expect to play similar ball on Friday. You know, that's our identity is being able to stop teams and push the pace. You alluded to what I was going to ask you next, which is what makes Andrew a special two-way player when he's being assertive and aggressive like he was on offense while also going up against a talent like Luca. That's why he was the number one pick. You can't teach that athleticism. You can't teach that length. You can't teach his timing. He is, uh, I'm just happy the world's getting to see who he really is. And that's an incredible wing player. And he will be like this for the next 10 years. A follow-up to that one. Uh, it feels like every stage that, Wiggins has been on he's kind of like upped his game have you noticed that and what what do you think it is that he's been able to like you know reach another notch I think he I think him being here he's allowed to be himself uh luckily for all of us we don't have to shoulder the load anything like anything crazy because we have so many great talented players it could be somebody's night and we'll the ball will find them but um I mean, Andrew was incredible tonight. I can't say enough good things about him. He makes my job so much easier. I don't have to check best player every night and again, especially for what I've been through. It's a nice change of pace, but he um, just doesn't seem to get tired. And his outside shot is also greatly improved, and he's just coming on his own. All right, so Clay Thompson there. Yeah, high praise for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, a big part of this Warriors playoff run and a big part of the Warriors' victory tonight in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals over the Mavs. Let's get to our shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Stotts down the lane, floater, no good. Ball tipped out. Thompson's got it. He's got pool on his right. Goes left to Curry, who fades to the corner, fires for three. Hits a new Millennium fast break, and Curry nails the triple to make it 54-43. All right. Steph Curry, one of his three three-point makes on the night. Curry finishes a game high, 21 points, as the Warriors uh, get the job done over the Mavs tonight. That's your shot of the game. Presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org, or you can call 211, your shot of the game. Whitey, final thoughts from you before we call it uh, a night in game one here from Chase. Clearly, Wiggins and Looney were a bigger part of the win tonight than than the Warriors expected them to be. Uh, Charles Barkley said at halftime, you know, and he's a big Mavs guy because he picked the Mavs. He said, "Well, if I'm the Mavs, I'm not worried about those guys." But that's so terrific for for Looney now to be something that the Mavs have to concern themselves with going forward in their center position, and Wiggins doing such a great job defensively. So you know that Clay and Clay did have a good second half, but Clay and Steph are most likely going to shoot the ball a lot better. Warriors going to shoot the ball better. So for them to have a night when those guys didn't shoot the three ball, especially while the team didn't shoot well, and Wiggins and Looney carried heavier loads than usual, those are really good signs for the Warriors going forward in this series. And the Mavericks have a lot of answers to come up with before game two. And game two is going to be quick turnaround, one day off tomorrow, one practice day, and then back at it right here inside Chase Center on Friday night. Whitey, great stuff as always, my man. Uh, we will talk again on Friday after the ball game uh, and the Warriors and Mavs playing game two. So looking forward to that.
Yeah, me too, JD. And you're on tomorrow. I'll be on right after you tomorrow. I'm in for Damon, and you're in for Guru tomorrow, right? Awesome. Yeah, in for Guru yeah. tomorrow with Steiny, and then you'll be in with uh, Ray uh, for mm-hmm. Damon. So, yeah, keep it locked to hear more of uh, both of us tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game, 12-3 to 3 and 3-6, three to 6 respectively. Uh, thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios for helping to put this uh, two-hour extravaganza together. Appreciate the help uh, of one and all. The Warriors back in action on Friday, 4.30 with Warriors Live for the Warriors and the Mavs, Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Whitey and I back post-game here from Chase Center. That'll do it. Uh, keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Game 1 goes to the Dubs, 112-87, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.